It is Thursday, January 26th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. An update on Patrick Mahomes' status for Sunday. And the Chiefs favored once again. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Patrick Mahomes says he's ready to go in the AFC Championship. And the market moves the Chiefs to the favorites. Let's welcome in the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, you like to uh, jump when when you anticipate market movements. Was this one that you anticipated, and do you agree with the market movement here? You know, I would like to say I anticipated it, but the truth is I was actually just made aware that a one of the big betting syndicate groups was doing a release in the NFL, and I was on that call, and they, I heard, and they're very respecting, like, they're on Kansas City plus 2.5, and, and I'm like, okay. So I bet plus 2.5, figuring they had news, and the news was Mahomes being healthier than expected. Yeah, Mahomes did uh, practice uh, at least the portion that was shown to the media, practiced, jogged a little bit, stretched, and told reporters he is ready to go for Sunday. So I don't think, AJ, anybody thought that maybe Mahomes wasn't going to play. You and I talked about this all week. I said he's going to play. It's just that he's going to be not himself. And I think what we're see- what this line move indicates is that he's probably more himself than anybody thought. And what we saw yesterday, glimpses of him at practice, doing skipping and mm-hmm. jogging, walking downstairs, didn't see a limp. I think there's reason for optimism about Patrick Mahomes. Not to not to even mention the history he has of being incredibly fast when he re- like at recovering from these injuries that most guys would seem to miss lots of time with. He's just raring to go the next game. Now, Fez, we're seeing minus one on the Kansas City Chiefs. Pick them at some other books. Does this thing move even more in favor of Kansas City? Well, I think it does because I think there's you and I, AJ, Scott, we're all following this hour by hour. Yeah. And there's a lot of recreational betters that literally I think you're going to wake up on Sunday and like, Mahomes is starting. You know, and they're mm-hmm. going to bet on Kansas City. They watch the pregame show. They see him on the field warming looks, up. Looks good, yes. You know, the Adam Schefter. After careful deliberation, it appears that Patrick Mahomes is actually going to be a full go in this game. Going to give it a go. So <laughs> what's, what's the most interesting to me, so backing up, we were very concerned about Mahomes' health. And at one point, Casey was laying three. And it moved five and a half points to Cincinnati being the two and a half point favorite. And the total dived down from it, dived down from 50 all the way down to 47. Well, now that we're having favorable Mahomes news, in comes the KC money. So the total is going up significantly, right? Not no. so much yeah. yet. So bold prediction. Um, if you're just waking up right now, if it's 4 a.m. Mountain Time or 5 a.m. Central Time, and you like the over, you better get on that 47. Because by the time that you um, look at the midday sun, I'm going to predict the 47s are gone and that this total is going to be 48 by the time the sun sets. Why would that happen? Why Why is it that, okay, there's positive news on Patrick Mahomes. We see a big adjustment in the line, but the total doesn't shoot up. How is that, how is that possible? It, 
a, a lot of people are betting college basketball, and they're wondering why the heck Indiana played so bad today. You know, these <laughs> these betters are like we're distracted. We're like multitasking. We're betting hockey. Mm-hmm. We're getting goal goaltender reports. You can't be at all places at all times. And if you just and 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 big betting syndicates, you know, they're like, eh, we'll get to it. You know, and and it becomes a race. I personally bet big on over forty-seven. I'm very confident that number will be Gonzo by. Well, I'll say by the time the sun goes down on Thursday. I'm on the over as well. We did the dream pod last night, and as you and I agreed on the over, AJ, you're like on the over in the first half. Yeah. But we, we I think we're all in consensus there's going to be points scored in this game at, at some point or there another. Al- there always is. There always is. And the point that I brought up is if you look at the three games that these teams have played, the championship game, and we're talking about the Joe Burrow version of the Bengals, right? So the three the three games that they've played where the Bengals have won all three, the championship game last year, and then the two regular season games, one this year, one last year. All of those totals closed much higher than 47 and a half. The championship game last year, 54 and a half. The regular season game this year, 53 and a half. The regular season game last year, 51. The only difference between these two teams from those games to now is the status of Patrick Mahomes. Well, the health of the offensive line. I think that's a factor as well. I mean, it, I could see that being a, a repressor. We just anyway. saw that offensive line hold up against the Buffalo Bills last week. Yeah. So why, why would I, I don't have any concern. All three games, by the way, went over the 47 and a half. Only one of them went over the 53 and a half. That's true. Cause she had two 27, 24 finishes that closed that, that, you know, were 51. So, and one did, of them in overtime, like, you did have two unders out of the three games. But if we're just going off the 47 and a half or 47, all three went over and remarkably consistent Bengals winning all three by three, you know, it sure feels like this should be a close game in terms of live wagering. Whoever gets up by double digits, I want to bet the other guys, you know, catching seven and a half. Well, Fez, I, I meant to ask you this, you know, I, and I probably just should have texted you, and obviously it's too late now. You know, we talked on Monday's SOVAM when you were filling in for Scott. We talked about the teaser, the, the you know, two and a half on the Bengals up to eight and a half, and, or to seven and a half. It was one and a half, up to seven and a half, and then the, uh, the 49ers up to eight and a half. When the Chiefs got to being two-point dogs, would it should we would it have been positive EV to fire a teaser in the opposite direction? Oh, clearly because now that that they're favored. But wait, there's good news, and we talk all the time. Who cares if a team's favored by one or or laying one or taking one? It's probably not going to make a difference. They're not going to tie, especially in a playoff game. But uh, it makes all the difference in terms of teasers. Can't tease a. Uh, a a pick, a, a pick, but you can tease a plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half or plus eight and a half. So you got a natural teaser to play. If you like San Francisco in the teaser, all right, now you can't tease Kansas City, but that means you can tease Cincinnati with nothing wrong with that. Yeah, if the number comes that way, which we expect it will, yes. with more people realizing, hey, Patrick Mahomes is fine, he's going to play. Well, it's- I'm, I'll let the bookmaker decide. Whoever you want to make a one and a half point favorite, I'm going to tease it up. I'll yeah. tease the doggy up to seven and a half. Thank now, you. if we continue to get more positive news about Patrick Mahomes, what's the highest you could see this number going to Kansas City side? Could it could it possibly get to three by the no. by two the kickoff? Two and a half is, is is as good as it gets because I make a hundred percent healthy Mahomes five. All right, think about this: so the Bengals, let's say Buffalo and Kansas City are comparable. Mm-hmm. All right, which most people I think tend to agree with. So since he was just catching six at Buffalo, now they're at Kansas City. So 
they should be catching six, right? Well, wrong. The Bengals are better than we thought because of their impressive win. So we can knock that down to five. All right. That's as high as it could possibly get. And that's with 100% Mahomes. Surely we got to make at least a two point adjustment, if not really more, based upon you know, the key injury that he's fighting. As but through the three, though? Yeah. It, I, well, I, I would say it has to be a three point adjustment minimum. So. At the, the 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 I can't go only adjust from five to three and a half. You're right. It could it could get to three potentially, but I I, I just don't see it. I I think I I really think two is as high as Kansas City can go. Because you know what? Everyone's going to tease Cincinnati happily from two up to plus eight against a crippled quarterback. Okay, he's not crippled, but he's not a hundred percent. I agree with that. Everyone's you can't hang a three. You're opening yourself up to major liability if you do. And I think if you if you're sitting around, I think in either of these games. And you see a three. You got a fire on the plus three. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you know, I personally bet Philly at Pickham. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the opener I saw in my book. I really like that bet. And, and you know, this is the way pros bet. You know, people are like, oh, you really like Philly? Yeah, pick at at three. I, I like San Francisco. Should be a close game. Right now, DraftKings is still posting Bengals minus one. I think they're the only book that still has the Bengals as a favorite. Boy. I- like a Chiefs teaser right now. Got to make a phone call. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and and if you do tease, um, you want to go not to plus seven. You got to get it up to seven and a half. So you got to yeah. use the six and a half point teaser. Yes. Well, that's fine. I'll do the six fine. and a half on that. Do the six and a half on the uh, on the Forty ers Yes, bring them up to nine. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. what I would do. All right. So if I leave now, I can get to Arizona in like forty minutes. You probably could do it in thirty-five here. There's no, no traffic. Two road. in the morning? Yeah, no traffic. Yes. Yeah. We, you might have to go to the second rest stop to get service <laughs> instead of the first rest. Yeah, but people who don't know this, there's actually people in Las Vegas that, like, there's lines at, at the DraftKings of the world that are not available, despite all the, the books we have in Vegas, and they will drive across the Hoover Dam, really the highway that, that, served, mm-hmm. that, that goes past where Hoover Dam is, to get to the Arizona border. But you can't just be on the border. you got to be a— Couple miles past yeah, the border. Yeah, the, the geolocate does. You're, if you're too close to the border, it won't work. You do have to get a, a couple of miles. You past. can't just reach your arm over. Well, no, people, and no. of course, people in New York. I hear you hear ferry traffic picked up like six percent from just people going across from New York to Jersey. Yep. to be able to get their pets and then take the next ferry back across after they yeah, get down. Yeah, you need you need to be a little bit away. So I, I lived on. Um, when I lived in Hoboken, New Jersey, I was literally across the water from Manhattan, and depending on where I was in Hoboken, I couldn't use DraftKings because I was too close to Manhattan. Yes. I was too close. To, even though I was in the state of New Jersey, I was too close to the border, so it wouldn't work. And there's people that want to, like, think there should be a chip in the football to tell us whether they've crossed there the goal. There is a chip the, in the football. The, the, the goal, there's got to be multiple chips. We talked about that, which yeah. way the balls. But, but. But yet they can't identify whether you're in Hoboken or Manhattan. What's wrong with the world? But it's crazy because I know somebody that works for like the company that does this stuff, and he says they can they they pin they know exact they know what room in the house you're in. Yes. when you place your bet, like they know everything, which is crazy that you know you mm. that it has this. Oh, I'm a little too close to the border. I can't, I, I can't place the bet, but you know exactly where I am. Mm. I, I don't know how it works with the borders, but yeah, like it's scary the location. Uh, uh, capabilities of these companies. Let, let's talk a little bit about the prop market for this Sunday. How many props will you play for these two games? Probably seven. That's ones that you have already in, that you're thinking about? or I've, 
there are ones I haven't even thought about yet, but I'm just saying from past experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said seven was like kind of my my neat. That's really probably the ones I'm going to recommend. Personally, I'll probably bet like 15 or 20 of them because inevitably I'll use an example of like a prop. Like there, sometimes there's a prop. Will the final score land odd or even? <laughs> I don't bet this anymore, um, but I used to bet odd minus 110. What an odd bet on a 50-50 bet, but it's not <laughs> – it's not 50-50 because the odd numbers land more than the even numbers because when you think about it, if a team wins by three or by seven, it's the game, if, if, 27-24. In fact, all three of these games have landed odd because the Bengals have won all three by three points in the recent history. Where do you find these bets? <laughs> if you have enough books and you and you surf around, and you can bet you know who's going to score first, who's going to punt first, how many punts will there be? I can tell you right now, I will not be betting punts over in this game in any way, shape, or form. Here's a play that I really love. If you can find a bet on the first offensive play for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't know where you find it. Maybe you have to look at, like, drive, live drive props or something. Uh, I know I DraftKings does offer that, where they okay. have, they call those flash. They have flash props before every drive. What will the first play be for the junkie addicts that want to get paid immediately? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now, the first play for the Kansas City Chiefs has to be a pass play because I think Andy Reid's going to want to show that Patrick Mahomes is A-OK. And what if he's not A-OK? Even all the more gonna, reason. Even more, <laughs> even the more reason. To the, I think the first play for the Kansas City Chiefs, the first offensive snap, is going to be Mahomes just a bomb down the field. Just a deep shot. Maybe a play action rollout. Show that the ankle's fine. Bomb down the field. If it's incomplete, it's incomplete. We start the series. Whatever. Then, then AJ he goes shotgun. He drops it, and they they grade him as a quarterback rush. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think it's a pass play. I think it's got to be a pass play. The he's been talking so much about this injury. I'm talking about Andy Reid, and they've been playing off the severity of it. Like, oh, it's nothing. He's fine. The injury he had in 2019 was worse, and look at how good he did playing on that ankle. So I think that he's gonna want to show. Mahomes is fine, well, and they're going to pass it on the first play. I hope he doesn't throw it to Kelsey because I know, A.J., you're bullish on Kelsey. I am uh, bearish on him. No, not me. I'm not the one who's bullish on Kelsey. I was, oh. Yeah, I'm bullish on Kittle in the other uh, game. I, 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 I'm not on Kelsey. I stand, I stand Craig. I, I, I think that after that huge game they had against Jacksonville, they can't defend tight ends. I think Kelsey is a natural to look to play probably under. Well, I think everyone loves to play Kelsey overs because he's the, no he's the main yes. guy. Yes. So, so that's me, me saying that doesn't compromise the market because I'm no. going to be plenty of people, believe yeah. me, that will want to, and the whole world bet him over this is his last game. Yeah, number's going to be inflated. Um, I had a prop bet I'm very into, and it's Jarek McKinnon and his receiving capabilities. You kind of talked me into switching my bet from the receiving yards to the receptions. Yeah, so Why is the receptions a better play than the yardage? You know, I'm even not, though the juice is much higher on the on the receptions. So the numbers are McKinnon reception yards twenty nine and a half, um, re- catches three and a half over minus one fifty. Yeah, I'm not certain that it is, but I I am certain of this. It is a much better uh, judge of if you're. It has a much better correlation to your handicap. Mm-hmm. If your handicap is correct, you will win. But you, because if they throw the ball to McKinnon liberally, he will go over three and a half. However, you know, it's certainly possible he could get two catches for 44 yards um, or he could get six catches for 26. Yeah. So there's more variance associated with, um, I'm trying to think of a guy, you know, like just Jalen Hurts, 
had a, he actually had quite a few carries, but hardly any yardage, mm-hmm. you know, by example. But that, you know, that does happen. Um, I would, I'd argue Kelsey, he went over yardage and for pass receptions last week, but the, the pass receptions was the much better handicap. He set records. He caught like 15 passes, but he really didn't get rack up that much yardage. If he had only caught eight passes, he would have gone under, you know, for his pass yardage. Yeah. And I guess all it takes is, you know, because part of my handicap is you look at what happened last week. When Mahomes got hurt, his usage rate was the snap count was the highest it was all season because he is a much better pass blocking running back than Isaiah Pacheco. So in order to protect Patrick Mahomes, McKinnon's going to be on the field a lot. And all it takes is a dump off when he's blocking. He's staying in the block. He's not a part of the, the, the passing play. But the protection breaks down. He turns around as the last resort. Mahomes flips it to him. Maybe a defensive lineman or a linebacker tackles him right away. But maybe he matter. gets. Maybe the running back gets sacked, so to speak. Yeah, it still counts as listen, a reception. If he if he's tackled behind the line of scrimmage, it's still a catch. Yes. It's still a reception as long as it's a forward pass. So if Mahomes drops back, flips it forward to him, and he's tackled right away sure. for a loss of one. Guess what? One catch minus one yards. Yes. That's why I think. That's why I, I agree. And, receptions are better. And and these you know these half. Um, are the, the half numbers are so critical. Like, if you asked me, would I rather have over three and a half late minus one fifty or over four lay a dollar ten? I, I, I'd have to run the numbers. I haven't run them. My gut tells me the over three and a half is better. If I look at McKinnon's game log, nothing last week. Um, no receptions last week, and stayed in and blocked the whole time. He had two catches the final game against Vegas. Prior to that, one, two, three, four, five. Five of his last six had three or more catches. But we lose on three. We lose on three is right. But, but, you're, but, but what you're saying basically is the number should have been three, but because of the circumstances surrounding this, it should probably be like four, 4.5, and you're playing over three. His now. usage yeah. is likely to be much higher than it was in those So days. the historical averages are really irrelevant. I would agree with that. Yes. yes. Um, what about this, the, 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 the first game, Philly? And uh, the 49ers, are you concerned at all about injuries with the 49ers? You know, McCaffrey didn't practice. Uh, his backup, Mitchell, didn't practice. Any concern there with the skill position guys for the 49ers? Yes. And my, well, my concern is that they had almost no offense until the fourth quarter against the Dallas Cowboys. And it looked like they were very much. Um, trying not to make the key mistake that would cost them the game with the rookie quarterback, and it worked. They won and turned over the defense who won the game for them. So I could see them replicating that in this game on the road now instead of being at home, playing close to the vest. And I was, I was telling RJ, it wouldn't shock me at all at the end of the first quarter, 0-0, punt fest to start hmm. the game. Just because you think game, the the plan for the 49ers will be more conservative. Whoever makes the first big mistake is going to be up against the eight ball in this game. One of the things I argued on our pod that we did last night was there's some matchups for the 49ers from a personnel standpoint. And I, I listen the McCaffrey injury thing. I get questioning that. Like when they if they if it were like an ankle or a knee, it'd be one thing. A calf bruise. If if Christian McCaffrey is on a snap count because of a calf bruise, oh my God, he should never hear the end of it. <laughs> but that said, how come he didn't get the ball last game? Well, I I don't have the answer for that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, listen, it happened on the spot. They hadn't diagnosed what the injury was yet. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think there, there's something to be said for that. And at the time, at least until late in the game, they still had Elijah Mitchell, who they could run yeah, just point. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he got hurt, things change. And Elijah Mitchell's injury With more severe. all these guys hurt, I just want to play under. <laughs> Which is fair. But I, I, Christian McCaffrey being a receiver out of the backfield is a problem for the Eagles. They are in the bottom seven in the league. Uh, DVOA against running backs catching the football. They're, they, they have a hard time stopping the run. And this one, they haven't really faced anyone who's like a comp to George Kittle this year. But this, just my personal handicap is a big physical tight end like George Kittle for a team that is small at linebacker, which all you hear about is the Eagles are small at linebacker. I, I don't know how they stop George Kittle from getting some in this game. You could talk certainly talk me into a Kittle over for receptions. Yeah. And that's one that it, it's over three and a half minus 160. A uh, lot of juice for that. Don't pay the juice when you win. Yeah, you're right. You're that's right. That's a very good point. <laughs> a wise man once said that. You don't pay the juice when you win a game. The famous Chuck Edel um, <laughs> quote, yes. You like the – so you lean under in this game, 49ers. I, 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 yeah. I do. My only concern, like I'm, I'm – I've got connections throughout the industry, so like there, there, there's a guy, Scotty Kellen, very sharp guy, and he, I know he's on the over. So that always concerns me when another sharp is playing oppo of what mm-hmm. I'm looking towards. These are, without question, this is the best defense the Eagles have seen all year. This is the best defense the 49ers have seen all year. And, the, to- certainly, and the total is an above-average total. It's higher than the average scoring average for the NFL this and year. And it's certainly the best defense that Brock Purdy's ever seen. The best pass rush that Brock Purdy's ever seen. Hmm. Those things tend to lead; they, they lead to unders unless there's turnovers, and then of course. And and, and the, the the comp is the Dallas game. You know, it's where, where I, I I'd argue they barely they scored 19 points barely barely, and 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 that game had had some. I mean, you 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 look at it; they gave Dallas three points when they dropped the punt. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, three three nothing, six three, six six, nine six. I mean, field goal fest. I do, I do think, um, you know, one prop I may well bet is the field goals. Robbie Gold's been really good for San Francisco, yeah. right? You've got the numbers on he that? He don't miss in the playoffs. Yeah, so, um, you know, longest field goal. I think San Francisco with the rookie quarterback would be more likely to take a on fourth and three from the 33 to kick the 50-yard field goal than the Eagles. Well, that's just a coaching thing as well. Like, that's, right. it's a lot more likely that Shanahan would, would take the points, play it safe, than, than Sirianni. Yes. Yeah, Sirianni, more of a, a, a gunslinger mentality. Any uh, Anything to Nick Sirianni not being named the finalist for Coach of the Year? You know, I know does he, several— does he, does he coach with a chip on his shoulder? Do the players play hard with a chip on their shoulders? I think the betters have a chip on their shoulder. I, I know several people, they made substantial bets on Sirianni to win, coach, to win Coach of the Year, and it just— shows that maybe you know sometimes we're just too close to all this and we're like handicapping who should be the coach of the year not realizing that that's irrelevant it's who the the the, the these guys are going to actually vote for so who are who are the three finalists right now Brian Dayball is the finalist certainly worthy absolutely worthy I think he's going to win um Dan Campbell nope Kyle Shanahan is the finalist absolutely worthy Campbell took, was not a finalist you're took, right took yep. Mr. Irrelevant to the uh, yep. final four yep and Doug Peterson Took the Jaguars to a division champion. That makes sense. They, no. I mean, they had the, they had the number one pick two years in a row, no. and then they won their division. Jacksonville, all right. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville was supposed to win seven games, right? And they won nine. Yeah, uh, but mean, they were the worst team in the league two years in a row, and then won their division the next year. I mean, but the, when he became the head coach, our, like, I, I don't like this win division crap. It's like it, it's it, it's like does it doesn't matter when you like someone has to win. You know, with the tight should the Titans win best best coach? 
No, but, but I mean, if, if, the ti- if the Titans had won three games combined in the two prior years, yes, they probably I, should have gotten point. some credit. That's like, a good point. Here's an interesting like this. I, to me, that one is one, and the Dayball one. If, if Tampa Bay had lost two more games, should they? Should the Falcons, you know, have that coach no, of the year? No, but Dayball and uh, and and Peterson are both examples of you remove a bad coach from the situation. You've got essentially the same roster. You put in a new guy. And then he's got them in the playoffs. That says that that has a lot to do with you, coaching. You know, right? what's very interesting about this is that when it comes to like MVPs and stuff, it seems to me it's better to go from or or most improved player. It's better to go from good to great than to go from mediocre to good. Yet, I agree. On this coach of the year, it seems like it's the opposite. It's better to go from dog bad, shit to average. Dog shit to add to to to, to slightly above average. Puts you in the finals. Uh, other than Shanahan, which I, I think you got to give him credit because the fact that he's on his third quarterback yeah. and yeah. is, you know, in a good position where I wouldn't shock me if he's hoisting a Super Bowl trophy in a mm-hmm. few weeks. I, you'd have a hard time having me vote for someone that's not him at this point. Well, speaking of Shanahan and the 49ers, Brock Purdy is a finalist for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he should which, win it. I think he should win it as well, but he only played five games. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. He's the most impactful rookie in the season. Yeah. Who's number two? Seattle running back? Uh, Kenneth, Walker Kenneth Walker and yeah. the Jets' uh, Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, nice, uh, good seasons for all those guys, but only one of those guys is it's amazing. Like, a guy plays five games in the regular yes. season. The and impact now, he and had, the impact he had in five games. If you look at his numbers and how many times we talk about this, he he led all quarterbacks in most major offensive stats in those five games. Yep. No, I I, w- I won't argue against it. I, I think it's actually it actually makes a lot of sense, uh, especially given the results that he had. Assistant coach of the year. Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, and Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator. I think all worthy. All absolutely I think so worthy. Too, yeah. I might give it to the Lions OC. Mm-hmm. What a year. I might for too. The Lions. Yeah, the Lions offense. Like if you think about what if the if the Lions defense was league average, like We'd be saying, man, the Lions, one of the best teams For in the sure league. Playoffs, yeah, well, like be in the final four. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I think that's that's a worthy one right there. I want to take a look while we're while we're on the topic of awards. We have four teams left. Championship Sunday's coming up. The market for Super Bowl MVP is up right now. Obviously, these numbers will change significantly once we know the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, but you can get a little bit better value, if that's what you want to call it, a better number on these players right now. Based on how you feel this Sunday might play out, Fez, is there a player that you would be intrigued by to be the Super Bowl MVP? No. I And I, I hear other talk shows, content providers, these guys don't bet for a living. And I hear they're like, oh, bet Burrow as a proxy for the Bengals because there's no way the Bengals can win the Super Bowl and Burrow not be the MVP. Yeah, but you're better off betting money line Bengals here and then betting money line Bengals. The exactly. So one, you could already winnings. get more money with the Bengals betting them with the mechanical parlay. What's the payout on Joe Burrow to be the MVP? Is he the favorite? No, Joe Burrow is plus three fifty. Co's second favorite. So you're going to who's the favorite? Jalen Hurts is three hundred plus three hundred. Mahomes and Burrow plus three fifty. So you're going to get the Bengals at at plus one hundred. You know, without even you know shopping. I mean, that's going to be easy this mm-hmm. week. And then you take your two hundred and you and, bet them as and, a pick them in the Super Bowl. And so you get them to you get them to four. So you get them close to three to. So you want three to one with the Bengals, and the I mean the Bengals could. This happens all the time in the Super Bowl. People forget. Jamar Chase could. Third, yeah. Third, and a defensive player. I mean, third. Hey, uh, Rams, New England, thirteen to three final. 
I mean, there, there, there are low-scoring Super Bowls. It does happen. So to say that Burrow's going to win the MVP if the Bengals win 88% of the time is ludicrous. Can I have the field? Can I have the Bengals players uh, pl- at 8-1 to one versus Burrow in the Super Bowl in terms of it, it will only have action if, if the Bengals win? I'll take I'll take eight to one with their their cast of characters. Yeah. Yes. Jamar Chase right now twenty to one. If you were in, if you were so inclined to bet Jamar Chase Super Bowl MVP, I also I, think it's silly to act like the quarterback is like a it's a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Four of the last ten Super Bowls, non quarterbacks won the award. It's possible. It's happened. No, no, no. Including last year. Well, Cooper Cup last yeah. year. Right? Yeah. Now it's different in the NBA in terms of if you're like already three games deep into a series and you've got a situation where you've got a dominant, you know, Giannis is averaging 30. Well, now it is a proxy for MVP. That's different. Yes. Yeah. I have the odds right now, the potential odds for Super Bowl matchups. Do you want to guess them, Fez? Um, it's going to be pretty darn easy because, you know, sure, sure. Go All right. Ahead. So let's go with the Chiefs first. If the Chiefs play the Eagles, oh, who's, okay. what's the spread? Oh, that's good. That's good. Let me w- see. Um, what's your guess? You know, all these lines are going to be close to pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, wowza. Chiefs I'll make against a pick. the Eagles. Pick. AJ? Well, this isn't fair. I'm the one who sent these these odds out. You Did you? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I have them from a different. I didn't know you sent. Them. Oh, okay. I sent them. I sent them to our teams. Chiefs first. Oh. Eagles would be Eagles minus one. Eagles minus one and a half. Oh, okay. We've, we've got different numbers. I think. Yeah. That, I think that's a bad number. Okay. Because uh, Mahomes will have two more weeks, and they'll have. I one. agree with that. Okay. If it was the Chiefs against the 49ers, what would you make the line, Fez? Uh, here I got to make. Well, well, you just told me Philly's going to be minus one and a half, so I'll make San Fran minus one and a half. I'd that say w- Chiefs minus one. That game is a pick'em. Yeah, that's a pick'em. Oh, I'm over uh, two. <laughs> ba- bank. Now let's go with the Bengals. Bengals against the Eagles. What's the line? Eagles minus one and a half. Pick. Eagles minus one and a half. Same exact line as it was uh, for the Kansas City game, and I guess that would give you the answer to the next one. If it's the Bengals against the 49ers, it would be the same line as the Kansas City Chiefs. So pick them. Interesting. So how about that? Because I, you see, I think if Cincinnati beats Kansas City, they're you gonna, have to upgrade them. Yes. Whereas if Philly beats San Francisco, they might no just, upgrade. They, it depends how they win, but it's less likely. If San Fran beats Philly, you have to upgrade San Fran because they're going to be a two and a half point underdog. Don't you have a bet already in pocket? Don't you have a bet already AFC over the NFC? Didn't you I have bet two that? bets. I bet I bet AFC minus one thirty and and minus two and a half. Bad bets, and I have the NFC plus four. Great bet. Wish NFC I, plus four is a great bet because there's yes. no none of these lines are even going to come close to a, a field goal. And I actually bet the NFC plus four when I bet the AFC minus one thirty, and, and this is a great example of like and pros. When, when they spot a middle like that, I mean, obviously, that's a great portfolio. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like smoke dope and don't even think too much and just bet both of them if you're, if you're really unsure, you know, which one is the better of the two bets because you're going to want that. Who cares if the AFC is laying five or the NFC is laying six? It would still be a good portfolio to have together. Fez, something you said just struck me. It, it, like a week ago, we were saying if, if Philly and San Francisco wins, if they both win, San Francisco is going to be a pick, maybe even a, a one-point favorite in Philly. And now they're two and a half point dogs. I'm like, well, if San Francisco wins, that really says something. You have to really adjust them. Does that just mean we've already? If it wouldn't it just mean that we adjusted too much to begin with? We didn't know if Hertz was going to be close to 100. percent We get we we had one big question answered. Yeah. And 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 beating a Giants team that many people were high on. Hey, they might have the coach of the year. Yeah. 38 to seven is imp- is impressive. You know. 
Even if you haven't beaten anybody good all year long. I would agree with that. And and also San Francisco struggled against the first elite defense that they faced. I I, I you know, yeah, I, but you I know really what? They, they could have lost. You know what? They also like no one's talking about it. Their defense completely shut down an Absolutely. offense that scored a million points the Absolutely. Week before. Like and if they do it again here against the 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 Eagles, oh, there'll be an upgrade on them. This and this is it what I've said. It was six six. End of the first half, and Dallas is in the red zone. This Dallas what, should have the lead at the end of the first half. This is and what happened? They they threw a terrible interception. Dak blew the game. Okay, here's what I've said about the 49ers, and this is why I think the 49ers are the team to beat. They are the only team left that is truly elite on both sides of the football. I agree with all this. Yes, I, I, I but 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 they're obviously their quarterback. They still have huge questions. Sure, he, but it, it, would it surprise you if he threw three interceptions? Just had a yes, terrible game. Yes. It would sh- if he threw three. Now having a terrible like if he had a game like he did against Dallas, that wouldn't surprise me. It would shock me if he threw three interceptions. Wouldn't shock me at all if he gets because I don't think it's in his DNA. I don't if think he gets like, down ten. I also don't everything think that just script never, changes. They've never put him in a position to do that. I know he trailed by one against Seattle. That's because the 49ers are so freaking good. They're not putting in these positions. <laughs> yeah, these That's other teams true. are good, too. You could certainly could get behind. Look at Kansas City. They get behind by double digits every playoff Because game. their defense is garbage. That's what they do. And then Patrick Mahomes saves the day. The 49ers aren't the kind of team who's going to, yeah, we'll spot you 20. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I, I, this, the, the, especially the way the defense is playing now and the offense since – and I know it's they've happened around the same time. Since they added Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers – off like. The fact that we're making a big deal of the one game that they played that they weren't like a rocket ship. Now we're like, oh, see, told you this quarter rookie quarterback. It's like, no. How did this team get killed by Atlanta? How'd they lose to the Bears? It's a good question. That's Trey Lance. I'll blame it on him. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I think yeah. it's a fair assessment. But I think so, there's this team more than the other three left. Although you could say Burrow like was not healthy the beginning of the season. But there's been a fundamental change. Adding McCaffrey is a, is a such. It's not just like we they're, just picked up a player. He changed everything. They're the most complete team. But these other teams all have great quarterbacks, and, and you've got a, you've got at best and the I, twenty like like long term the twenty seventh best quarterback in the league. And at least according to DVOA, the most complete team in the league this year is the Buffalo Bills. And they're going to be watching on TV. Yeah. So complete doesn't really mean shit sometimes. And you know what? Now he's got two playoff wins under his belt now. So it's not like it's not he's not a playoff rookie anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. But but it is on the road now. A little different than playing at home in the first two games against the Seahawks and the Cowboys. So how do you do on the road in Philly, which is the hostile of hostile environments for opposing teams? You know, you say that, but it used to be that if there was one team you wanted to play in the playoffs at their crib. It was Philly. Philly was like why? Because their home fans will turn on them quickly too. I, for whatever the reason, though, they're harder. Their shoes. They grew up booing their own team. I mean, it's like how many times? Like like a Tampa always loses when it's below thirty two degrees in the playoffs, except when they play the Eagles. That one game against Warren Sapp. That was that was just painful for Eagle fans. Was that the 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 two thousand two? That was the, the that was the Barber interception that sealed the game. The, the Eagles oh. the Eagles open it's right right around there. So the Eagles yeah. open up, bingo bongo, go up seven nothing. They're like a six point favorite. Maybe they might have been. I don't remember exactly. They're favored, and they interviewed Warren Sapp before the game. He said, "Are you any concerns that your team is like zero and thirty two straight up when the temperature's thirty two two degrees or below?" And he responded, "If you want to talk about zero and three, we're zero and three since I've been here, and we'll be one and three after this game." <laughs> The, 
I think a, a, a valid question about the 49ers, and I want to ask you th- if you think this is enough of – maybe it's not enough of a sample size. I don't know. Rookie quarterbacks playing in the AFC Championship are 0-4 straight up, 1-3 and against the spread. And all four of them, you like they those teams fit a similar profile to this 49ers team. A really good defense, run game heavy. Who were those quarterbacks? Can you read them off? Yeah, it was Sean King for Tampa in 1999. VEASAN um, announcer. Yep. Yeah, does a fine job, yes. My dude. Big Ben, his rookie year. Good quarterback. Joe Flacco. Good quarterback. Mark Sanchez. Not so good. Sean King was the only guy in that group who covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other three lost by a combined or by an average 12 points per game. Is that too too small of a sample size to say it's impossible for a rookie quarterback to get to the Super Bowl? Of, of course, it's a way too small sample size, but I think, you know, it, it's a challenge. It, it, it's certainly a challenge, and being behind by a point at home against Seattle is not exactly, you know, a circumstance that is, you know, going to overly put puts too much pressure on somebody. But it, it also kind of goes back to, Kyle Shanahan's proven he can win with a lot of different quarterbacks. Like, it, it, I know quarterback's the most important position in the league. You know, I don't think know if I agree. I mean, without Jimmy G, they're like seven. What was it like? They're like ten. I just 29. mean, I just mean in different places, like wherever he's gone. But, but, like he but, made Matt Ryan into an MVP. But but with San Francisco before Purdy showed up, You're right. If Jimmy G wasn't the quarterback, it was they, bad news. They they, they, they were the, the the dregs of the league, no doubt about it. So the and then that 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 asked a question and. Is Brock Purdy, like, actually special, which is a possibility? I actually think he's special this year. I think next year he'll, he'll be very mediocre. But but sometimes, you know, you get that. What, who was what's Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin was playing really good basketball yeah. for a yeah. year with the Knicks, right? Well, I mean, not a start, year, like a two-week stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all he it a takes. Good, he was, it was a, almost a full year with the Rockets, though, that he was, like, yeah, uh, yeah. a beast. But, but, Lin, but Lin's sanity was only two weeks. But yeah. you hear what, what I'm saying is, like, Ten when a guy when a guy's feeling, and this happens in the NCAA tournament, though, like, yeah. Lou, there was a year, I'm from Dayton, there was a year, Roosevelt Chapman is a average <laughs> basketball player, the Velvet Man. But when in, like, 1983, for one magical NCAA tournament, he was an NBA star, and he led Dayton like to an elite eight, and he beat a bunch of good teams like Oklahoma and Washington. And the guy was not a good player, but he got hot. Yeah, Adam Morrison did that same thing. It's before crime. Yeah. <laughs> yes, third pick in the draft. But uh, yeah, it's not always the. I mean, it's easy to say it about Danny Manning, who ended up not being a great NBA player, but it's not always the Danny Mannings or the Magic Johnsons. So sometimes it's the guys that you least expect. Brock Purdy would certainly fall into that category of guys you – and I'll give a great example of a guy that no one really expected at the time and in hindsight were stupid for not expecting it, but what Steph Curry did when he was at Davidson. Like, it's a guy just taking over games, winning tournament games, how's he doing this? Well – that David Robinson in hindsight, was pretty good with Syracuse, <laughs> yeah, too. In hi- not, but with, with, with Navy. the Navy, yes. In, in hindsight, Syracuse. Steph Curry, yeah, he's pretty good at sports, yes. Yes. it turns out. Yeah, yeah. I think people were just worried because he weighed, you know, 90 pounds soaking wet when he was at Davidson. <laughs> what was um, um, Durant, Kim- Durant could outbench him by 50 pounds. Yeah, yeah. that's the problem. Kimball Walker, another guy on a, on a team that yeah. wasn't supposed to win as many games as they won in the tournament. And Kimball Walker gets hot, and suddenly, yeah, you win a championship. I, I could see that with Brock Purdy, too. We're ready for March Madness coming up. Huh? Clearly. Clearly. Well, Fez, thank you so much for uh, stopping in this morning and doing this with us. You know we always appreciate you, and good luck with your bets this weekend. I'm off to get pancakes. Thanks, boys. 
Fun night in the NBA last night. A little bit of drama in the Grizzlies-Warriors game. Now, the drama is mitigated by the fact that the Warriors won this game mm-hmm. 122-120. to 120. However, with a minute and a half left, <laughs> the Warriors up two. Jordan Poole takes a shot from like 45 feet away with Steph Curry standing wide open next to him. Yep. And Steph's a little frustrated with Jordan Poole because Steph and Jordan Poole both probably know that Steph is a better shooter than Jordan Poole. And if one of them were going to take an open shot from 45 feet, I would certainly trust Steph Curry more to make that shot. Yep. So in a bit of frustration, Steph Curry, on like after the rebound, while they're running back down. First, when Jordan Poole shoots it, Curry's standing there like holding his hands out, basically saying, Don't do like, this. What are, you, what are you doing? Why would you? We just got a new shot clock. Yeah. We're up two. Why are you shooting the ball right now from this far away? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, Memphis gets the rebound, and on the way back, Steph kind of throws he, – he doesn't kind of – he throws his mouthpiece off the court in frustration with Jordan Poole. Refs call a technical foul and eject Steph Curry from the game, <laughs> from a two-point game, and he didn't like – this wasn't thrown at the official. This wasn't even – in fact, it wasn't frustration with officiating. It's frustration with a teammate, and he got ejected from the game. Ironically, Jordan Poole is the guy who gets the uh, the the game winning layup at the end of the game uh, after Memphis tied the game with like six seconds left. Yep. Uh, Clay Thompson misses the ball or misses misses the shot. They get an offensive rebound. Pass goes to Jordan Poole. He lays it in at the at the buzzer, basically. Uh, actually, there was one more shot. Desmond Bain like tried from a million feet away, but either way. Really interesting uh, chain of events there that led to Steph Curry getting ejected. And then uh, you never see that happen with such a key guy at that point in a game. Like, it's got to be egregious, right? This is more officials putting themselves into games in ways that they shouldn't be in. I really, it's the only way to explain it is that the official really thought that Curry was reacting to him. That's the only explanation. That they thought Curry was frustrated about maybe a missed call and threw the mouthpiece. And if that's the case, then they're like, hey, we're not having any of this. Well, either way, the the Warriors do go on to win 122-120. Magic beat the Pacers 126-120. Nets come up short against the Sixers 137-133. First time that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid played against each other. Simmons uh, scored 12 points. He had five rebounds and five assists. And Joel Embiid had 26 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. And more importantly, Joel Embiid gets the dub. Uh, Wizards, 108-103, winners over the Rockets. Nuggets fall 99-107 to the Bucks. Timberwolves, 111-102, winners over New Orleans. The Hawks get a road win, 137-132 over the Thunder. The Jazz come up short against the Blazers, 134-124. Raptors upset the Kings, 113-95. And the Lakers get it done. Anthony Davis, 21-12 and four blocks, 113-104 winners over the Spurs. Rui Hachimura made his Laker debut. He had 12 points. With six boards. I like to say his long-awaited Laker debut. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something that we've been talking easily, about. Easily 30 hours. 
at least 30 hours. At least. We've been we've maybe been, not 48. No, but, but yeah. at least th- a good 30 to 34 hours. Uh tonight, the Bulls five-point favorites at the Hornets. The Knicks eight-point dogs at the Celtics. The Pistons eight and a half point dogs at the Nets. My Cavaliers, ooh, minus eight on the road. That means they can only be playing the Rockets. Uh, The Mavericks, one-and-a-half-point dogs at Phoenix. The Spurs, second night of a back-to-back, plus 12-and-a-half at the Clippers. Last night on the ice, every game went under the posted total, except the over that I gave out on pregame.com. Look at you, baby. Kraken Canucks, Kraken wins 6-1. to in a rout of Vancouver, who looked so good in their first game for new head coach Rick Tockett and completely outplayed here in the second of a back-to-back. Seattle, one of the highest-scoring teams in the NHL in both goals per game and expected goals per 60, and they score six goals, 6-1 the final. It goes over the 6.5 posted Total. Here's what we got going on tonight. The Red Wings are at the Canadiens. Detroit minus 160 with a total of six. The Bruins are actually underdogs, eh, depending on which book you look at. At the Lightning, it might be minus 110 both ways. Uh, Again, book dependent, so see what the best price you can find out there is. Penguins take on the Capitals. Pittsburgh got some bad news yesterday as Tristan Jari, their starting goaltender, is going to be out until after the All-Star break. He got hurt, if you remember, AJ, because you follow hockey so much. Uh, He got hurt in the Winter Classic and was replaced by Casey DeSmith. And then Jari was out for, you know, ever since then, and DeSmith had taken over as the starter. He's not that great. Um, He was supposed, you know, uh, Jari came back, played a couple of games, and was supposed to start on Tuesday night against Florida, but when he arrived at the arena, was like, you know what? I ain't feeling right. So, Casey DeSmith got the last second start. Penguins win 7-6. If DeSmith is back in net tonight, which I expect him to be, when the Penguins take on the Capitals, probably looking to play the over in this game. Total is 6.5. Washington, a small favorite, minus 120. Flyers at the Wild, Minnesota, minus 250. The Devils look to continue their impressive road uh, record as they are in Nashville to take on the Predators. New Jersey, minus 125 with a total of 6. Sabres at the Jets, Winnipeg, minus 190. Blues at the Coyotes, Mullet Arena. St. Louis, minus 160. The Blackhawks at the Flames, Calgary, minus 430 against Chicago. And the Ducks at the Avalanche, Colorado, minus 420. Jeez. Go figure, 420, Colorado. Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, yeah, Rocky Mountain High. So Flames, minus 430. Avalanche, minus 420. Which of those teams could suffer the upset? Ducks beating the Avs or Blackhawks beating the Flames? Haven't the Blackhawks been playing better lately, winning some games they shouldn't be winning? Blackhawks, they've been fighting. They've been fighting, yeah. although uh, they have lost two in a row, 2-1 to Los Angeles, 5-2 to Vancouver the other night. So. Ducks are looking for that Connor Bedard action. 
the Ducks, I said it before, you know, if they get to draft Connor Bedard, I mean, it's going to be uh, an incredible young roster. By the way. It'd be the biggest deal for them since Adam Hall transferred into their jurisdiction. Adam Banks. You're Adam Banks, about. that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, he didn't transfer in. The league The league redrafted the line. That's right, that's right. You know, and, and, and I mean. Not fair. Well, no, it's just they, they redrafted the district so that, you know, Bombay wouldn't have, wouldn't have even been a hawk. But it, that would have, yeah. If that the would've... lines were the way that they were when Bombay played, he would have been a member of District 5 all along. That really damaged the Hawks, though, long term. Well, you know what happened was Banks' father struck a deal with the Pee Wee Hockey League and Coach O'Ryan. I mean, Coach Riley. Yeah. And, right. and they were like, we're going we're gonna to let Adam play the rest of the year. On the Hawks, and then next year they're going to redo the whole. They're going to re, redo the districts. Hey, you know how do you cut a how do you cut a deal with the Pee Wee Hockey? League? It's all money. It's all money. That's right. That's why they're trying to get Connor Bedard the same way. It's it's all <laughs> money. Uh, last night was the. Do we know what district Connor Bedard lives in? <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. Well, last night was the CHL Top Prospects game, which featured. You know, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard. Uh, the white team defeated the red team four to two. And let's see, Connor Bedard, did he register any points? Connor Bedard got a penalty for cross checking. Oh my gosh. And he's a bust. <laughs> he did not register a point. Oh, in the game. what a scrub. He was a minus two, but he did lead all shooters on Team Red with six shots on goal. 0 for 6, then you're saying. 0 for 6. Sounds like teams should probably reconsider in the top. They should start reconsidering as, the top of their board. As Team Red loses to Team White 4 to 2, the uh, no uh, four separate goal scorers for Team uh, White and uh, two separate goal scorers. For Team Red. All right. None of them, Connor Bedard. In the college hoops world last night, I told you X going to give it to you, Con. And they did. 82-79, winning as seven-point dogs outright at UConn. Big win for X, who's in that conversation for best team in the Big East. We also discussed the University of Houston being a little salty mm-hmm. coming off that loss. Win and cover on the road, 82-71 at Central Florida. I mentioned Georgia having a hard time scoring points against Tennessee. 70-41, to Tennessee gets the win. You're going to catch the theme. I had a really good day betting college basketball yesterday. We told you three-star game of the month. Easy winner. Dog winning outright. Nice. It was a good day. Providence, 79-58 winners over Butler. Alabama in a bit of a dog fight. With Miss, well, with the Mississippi State Bulldogs, but they do get the win at home, 66-63. And Texas A&M goes into the jungle and gets a win, 79-63 over Auburn. That home court ain't what it used to be for the Auburn Tigers, who are really, really struggling right now. Tonight in top 25 action, you got Florida Atlantic favored by nine. They are hosting Middle Tennessee Number one team in the country, Purdue, five-point road favorites at Michigan. We don't like road favorites. Don't like road favorites, particularly in the Big Ten. I don't like road favorites. UCLA, a road favorite. Don't like it. Minus five at USC. A lot of travel. Keeping A lot of travel. Well, 
It's funny. What takes longer, a drive across L.A. or a flight from L.A. to New York? What's it never, <laughs> You never know. Uh, but I'd keep an eye on that total sitting at 131.5. Arizona, the sixth-ranked uh, team in the country, road favorite, minus 5.5 at Wazoo, Washington State. You know, it's 21 minutes to get from Pauley Pavilion to the Galen Center. Right now? What about would, rush hour? Yeah, I would assume it means I would assume it's right now. The thing is that yeah, you'd probably have to take the ten. So you never know. You never know what traffic's gonna it's be. It's like, like one in the morning in LA right now. I'm guessing it's the light the light time for traffic. <laughs> uh well, thank you for waking up with us here on SOVAM. And I'm sure you're listening to this podcast while you're making your breakfast. And I hope that bacon's on the uh on the menu. Because I'm a bacon guy, not a sausage guy. Oh, I, I like sausage. No, no links, no patty sausage. I like me. patty sausage. I, link sausage, questionable. I but like, I like bacon too. I like it. I like all breakfast meats. So no, even ham. Nope. Well, I can I can go I can get ham, whatever. But but no no sausage. So I was at a hotel, you know, last weekend, and we they, they had complimentary breakfast. And I would go downstairs in the morning, and if they didn't have bacon, I didn't even want to eat. Oh my god! What am I? What am I gonna do? You don't eat scrambled eggs. Yeah, I had eggs. Of course, I have eggs. You eat the scrambled eggs. Yeah, I don't like scrambled, scrambled eggs at a hotel. They had they had a little mini omelets too. Oh, I like an omelet. And they had a they had like one of those pancake machines where you push the button and it comes down the conveyor belt, makes your pancakes. You know, I've got to ask you something as yeah. someone who's not from Texas. Every hotel that you stay at that's worth its salt in Texas that has a, a breakfast in the morning uh-huh. has a waffle maker that makes waffles in the shape of the state of Texas. That's Pretty funny. Is there any other state where the waffle no. maker? Puts, no, no, no. Okay, no. That's just a Texas thing. Yeah, we do some weird shit sometimes. Yeah, yes, you do. Yeah. All right. Well, the reason why I bring up the breakfast <laughs> meats is because they asked. You know, Tom said, Scott, we got to give more promo codes out on SOVAM. So let's make something like breakfast related. And I said, Well, easy. Bacon's my favorite part of breakfast. So the promo code is Bacon Twenty. And you can say bacon's like money, too. Like, bring home the bacon. Who's going to win the bacon? Which bet's going to bring home the bacon? No, I prefer to eat the bacon. I also love bacon jerky. You ever bacon jerky? No. Yeah, bacon jerky's great. It's basically just bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big deer jerky guy. Deer elk jerky I like. I like game jerky. Spicy jerky? Yeah. Like the cracked pepper stuff? You don't like spice. I don't do spice. Is cracked pepper too spicy for you? 100%. Like black pepper. Yeah. Is spicy to you a little bit? Oh, you're you're pathetic. A little bit. Might be I might be allergic to pepper. I have That's no insane. idea. <laughs> so bacon twenty is the promo code. Get you twenty percent off. Just, I've lost so much respect for you in the last twenty seconds. It's insane. Oh, dude, put buffalo wings like anywhere near me, and I might throw up. Wow, I can't even smell them. If I sniff buffalo wings, I'll go crazy. I once ate eighty-two wings in fifteen and a half minutes. Was it at a Hooters? No, but it was, it was some local wing joint in Austin, and I was in a wing eating contest, and I got second place in the contest. Congratulations! Uh, you one of those guys, just like you know, you put the whole thing in your mouth and just pull out the bone. Uh, no, I was I was uh, grabbing the like mm-hmm. like gripping onto the meat, yeah, yanking the bone out, and then eating it like a boneless wing. Yeah, see, I and do then tossing the bone. To I the do side. barbecue wings. Okay, not buffalo. I like barbecue too, but I like spicy barbecue. Sauce. Barbecue with some ranch. That's Gross. what I do. Gross? Yeah, I don't like No, you ranch. don't like ranch? No. But you like blue cheese with your buffalo wings. 
I mean, I'm, I bring up Hooters because if I have if I have to dip my wing in a sauce, mm-hmm. I'd rather blue cheese than ranch. Okay, I bring up Hooters because people have said that the Hooters mild is like the mildest like buffalo that yeah. you can like ever have. That burns my lips. <laughs> so there you go. Bacon twenty is the promo code twenty percent off anything you'd like at pregame.com. And as always, a reminder: if you are not a member of pregame.com, go sign up for free, and you get a $25 coupon to use anything you'd like at pregame.com. It's a free best bet. Maybe it's a three-star NHL play from me tonight. AJ hit his three-star game of the month last night in college basketball. You could have gotten that for free by being a new member of pregame.com, or you could have gotten it for 20% off if you used one of our promo codes. So Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, just use the promo code BACON20, get 20% off at pregame.com. For Steve Fezzik and A.J. Hoffman and all the bacon and breakfast meats in the world, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.